Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Stephen Simcox here with you, uh, watching what appears to be the end of a Cowboys loss to the Ravens on Tuesday night. You're listening to this podcast on Wednesday. Uh, Baltimore up 27 to 17 on Dallas and has the ball with a little under four minutes left as I'm starting this uh, this recording tonight. But Andy Dalton uh, has played okay. Um, I think for a backup quarterback, he's doing a great job this season. You know, Dallas is not very good, and it showed again this week against a, a good Baltimore team. But Dalton on the night so far, 27 of 40, 241 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. So pretty efficient night for uh, for Andy. Almost had a Hail Mary touchdown pass before halftime that just went through CeeDee Lamb's hands. So fun watching uh, – Andy play tonight as he's been getting opportunities each and every week for the Cowboys. In today's episode, uh, this first segment, we'll start to dig in a little bit on Louisiana Tech, this week's opponent for TCU football. We'll see uh, what makes them go, some key contributors on that team. And in segment two, it's uh, it's a weird day. We have college basketball this afternoon. Uh, the women's team plays at 11 a.m. against Lamar, and the men play at 4 p.m. against Providence. So we'll preview both those games. I'll tell you what I'd like to see from those two teams as they continue to progress through the season. And then in our final segment today, uh, I had a chance to be on the Locked On Big 12 podcast with Josh Neighbors, and he did a Power Rankings episode. So we talked about just about every team, and I'll share with you our conversation about TCU football and – what we got into, so you'll get to hear a little bit of that as well. But let's start with Louisiana Tech. Um, really happy that TCU was able to get a 10th game in. You have that opportunity to play one non-conference game, so why not go ahead and do it, especially when there's still like two more weeks of Big 12 football left with Big 12 championship game coming up on December 19th. And this is a good opponent in La Tech. Um, five and four coming off a win against North Texas last Thursday. So a chance to, uh, you know, test yourself a little bit, get some more reps uh, going into a bowl game. should be a good one in Fort Worth on Saturday. But they're led by Luke Anthony at the quarterback position. And Luke is a transfer from Abilene Christian. He spent the first three years of his career at Abilene Christian. And on the year he has 1,318 passing yards. He's completing 62% of his passes, 15 touchdowns five interceptions. Um, Aaron Allen has also played a good amount, too. Anthony has 196 passing attempts. Allen has 86 passing attempts. He's completing 67% of his passes. It's a little bit better there. And four touchdowns to three interceptions. Uh, I saw Corey Diaz, who covers La Tech for local paper down there in Ruston, said that Skip Holtz um, indicated today Luke Anthony was going to get the start. But Aaron Allen was going to get some opportunities as well, and they were going to switch in and out. So you'll see both quarterbacks on Saturday when the Frogs take on La Tech. And um, this is a team that hasn't been super dynamic in the passing game. One thing that stands out when you look at the stats, they've given up 21 sacks this season, which turns out to be about three per game. So O'Shawn Mathis and Kyrie Coleman, uh, get ready. This might be a breakout game for those guys. Excited to see what they could do against the La Tech offensive line that's struggling against Conference USA competition. And in the running game, uh, Israel Tucker's our leading rusher. He's got 497 yards on 119 carries and four touchdowns, averaging 
about four yards a carry. Um, they have 827 rushing yards on the season. Some of that is knocked down by Luke Allen, who's been sacked uh, a lot this season. As I mentioned earlier, he's been sacked 18 times. So you're going to see a two-quarterback system. You'll see a team that uh, wants to run the football, but they're going to throw it around in the quick passing game as well. Uh, both quarterbacks are averaging about seven yards an attempt, so not pushing the ball too much down the field. Uh, but they'll take their shots there. I think the TCU defense is going to have a huge day. I, I expect them to not have a ton of trouble slowing down LaTeX. They're, they're coming off a really good performance against uh, Oklahoma State over the weekend, probably the best performance of the season. Um, they're getting better and better each week. You would hope that guys like D. Winters and Travis Hodges Tomlinson and Garrett Wallow are going to come through and make big plays and not make this uh, much of a fight for that La Tech offense and not keep them in the game. And then defensively uh, for the Bulldogs, Tyler Grubbs is their lean tackler. He's got 75 tackles on the season. He's their middle linebacker. Um, They're not getting to the quarterback at a crazy rate. They have 14 sacks on the season. So you would hope this offensive line, which to their credit, is getting better. They're still not amazing or incredible. But they've seemed to have gotten better each and every week. So you hope that that continues when they take on La Tech on Saturday. And ultimately, you know, this game is more about TCU and what they can do than it is about Louisiana Tech. Um, You want to see them work on the passing game more. It was great to see Max Duggan get more opportunities on Saturday, taking some more shots down the field. I was really excited to see that Quentin Johnston was more involved in the passing game. Darius Davis, hello, you are fantastic. And even if Blair Conright's healthy and he comes back, I want to see more Darius getting opportunities because he is just so fast and dynamic that when he gets the ball in the open field or if they give him a chance to run down and make plays, um, it's going to be good. It's going to be good for this football team. So you want to see uh, more in the passing game. You hope that they can continue to develop that and – I'm sure we'll get a heavy dose of the running backs as well, and probably just about everyone will get involved, whether it be Zach Evans or Kendra Miller or Darlin Barlow. I mean, I think everyone's going to get carries, and you hope that this team can get um, pretty much all their players a lot of snaps. If they take care of their business, I think this should be a very comfortable win and a nice way to get to 6-4. and four on the season. Coming up next, we'll talk some uh, TCU men's and women's basketball. But before we do that, let's talk some Coors Light. We do it every day. You know, tonight I'm tuning in, get a rare treat with Tuesday Night Football. I'm watching the Cowboys. I'm watching Andy Dalton. And what did I grab? I grabbed a cold Coors Light because Coors Light understands that you don't get a lot of uninterrupted me time. You don't get much of a chance to relax on and wind. And when you do, you want a beverage that's made to chill. You want something that's going to help you kick back enjoy those rare moments of serenity. So next time you have a chance to uh, to relax and unwind, make sure you grab a cold Coors Light. It's cold lagered. It's cold brewed. It's literally the beer that's made to chill. It's what I reach for when I want to um, kick back in my recliner and, and enjoy the rest of the day. And you can get Coors Light sent straight to your door if you go to get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. Please always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. 
Let's also talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar ever. It comes in some amazing flavors. They've got some really cool and exciting new flavors like cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. Um, but then they have some classics as well, like German chocolate peanut butter. Some of my favorites are the cookies and cream. I'm also a big fan of the peanut butter flavor. And if you're looking for a, a snack that is delicious and also good for you and healthy and something you're not going to feel guilty about, you should try Built Bar. If you're looking for something to keep you going throughout the day or to eat before you go for a workout, you don't want to eat a full meal, you just want something that's going to tie you over for a little while at work, try Built Bar. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get 20% off your next order. It's it's a really good promo code to use if you just want to try it because you don't know much about it. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, and the promo code is locked on. Try it today. Try some of those exciting new flavors. BuiltBar.com. Back on Locked on Horn Frogs. Steven Simcox here with you. Don't forget to subscribe and uh, review the pod on Apple Podcast. Um, you can also subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, basically anywhere you can get your podcast. You can find the Locked On family of, uh, of networks, and you can find Locked On Horn Frogs. Don't forget, coming up on Friday, um, I'm going to talk with my pal Chris Groves. Chris Groves used to work for 103.3 ESPN, and he's now works for a podcast company. But we're going to do something fun. Chris is a really funny guy. I enjoy talking to him, and we're going to rank the TCU coaches twitter accounts that's right we're going to rank the tcu coaches twitter accounts should be an interesting segment sort of off the beaten path gonna have some fun with chris that'll be airing on friday and if you missed something from earlier this week you can circle back and listen to the pods from monday and tuesday and i'd encourage you to check out monday's matt jennings uh who is really sharp does a great job covering TCU football. You can tune in the podcast that I do with him every Monday during football season, and we talk about that fantastic win over Oklahoma State. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, some some feel-good moments, some energy, something to kind of get excited about, then tune into that podcast. Me and Matt Jennings, that was on Monday. But right now, let's talk some TCU men's and women's basketball because both teams are in action today. Um, it's Wednesday. If you're listening to this, in the afternoon or at night, these games might have already been played. But stay with me. Uh, TCU and Lamar, the women, are playing this afternoon. And that game's at 11 a.m. Uh, Lamar is 1-0 on the season. They beat Tarleton State 73-58 to in their season opener. And this should be a good sort of uh, reset in, in a get-right game for the TCU women's basketball team. Um, they suffered a, a tough loss to Iowa State in their last game. The Cyclones got out to a, a big early lead and really never looked back. So now you look at the schedule. You get Lamar today. Then you can get Middle Tennessee on Sunday. And then you start to hit sort of the, the teeth of conference play. You start getting in a rhythm um, starting with that Texas Tech game on December 19th. Uh, is a Saturday afternoon. But a couple games before that Tech game and – you know, the biggest deal for TCU women's basketball is who's going to step up and be a scorer for this team outside of Lauren Hurd? Because she's fantastic and she's been great and you expected her to be good, but who's going to come with her and help her out? That's going to be a huge key for this team moving forward. And, you know, Caroline German, she was really hyped coming into this year, a JUCO player at a South Plains JUCO junior college. And she's shown some flashes. Like, she seems to be a very good point guard, has good control of the game, um, 
great court vision, makes good passes. But can, can she take some of that scoring load? Is it Yummy Morris who had a really good game in, in their uh, season opener against Incarnate Word? Somebody's going to have to step up and, and help out Lauren Hurd in the scoring department. And then defensively, you know, they've been playing really good defense so far this year and sort of fell off against Iowa State. But, um, again, a chance against a Lamar team to figure some things out defensively as well. You know, they pressed a lot um, against Central Arkansas, and that seemed to work well. So I wonder if Reagan Peebley goes back to that this afternoon, tries to create some offense with her defense by forcing turnovers with the press. TCU women's basketball, again, that's at 11 o'clock today against Lamar. And TCU men's basketball, they're taking on Providence as part of the uh, Big 12 Big East Challenge. And Providence having an interesting season so far. Um, they're 2-1. and one. They beat Davidson. They edged out Davidson in their season opener, 63-62. to They lost to Alabama, 88-71. to And then uh, they beat Farley Dickinson, 79-67. to So, s- sort of hard to get a read on the Friars so far. Um, but the two Power 5 teams they played so far, Alabama and Indiana, they've lost to. Um, so you hope that TCU can find a way to pull out a victory today. Uh, in this last game against Oklahoma, which was a tough loss for the Frogs, Mike Miles was fantastic. Um, I also thought P.J. Fuller played really well. Curious to see what the health status is of Chuck O'Bannon. Um, he had an ankle injury and was in a boot last game, so he didn't play much. And Fuller took his place in the starting lineup. And I'd like to see Fuller get more minutes, even if O'Bannon is healthy, just because I think he's so explosive and he can get to the rim, he can get his own shot. He he also appears to be a much better shooter than he was last year, at least early in the season. So I want to see him get some minutes and get some uh, more time on the floor. And can this team find a way to get the ball to Kevin Samuel down low? Because I, I think Kev can be a really effective offensive player, but it seems like he only gets scoring opportunities right now off offensive rebounds. It, and you, you have to find a way to get your bigs the ball. Um, these guards are going to are gonna have to find a way to be more confident in these entry passes and understand that he doesn't have to have perfect post position every single time. You're going to have to find a way to make contested passes. You know, if somebody's sort of bodying him up, um, you still need to get those passes in there and give him a chance to make some plays in the post because he's such a force inside. You, you don't want him just cleaning up things on the glass, even though he does that really, really well. And if you can get him more scoring opportunities, that's only going to make his defense and his rebounding better. He's going to play with more energy. He's going to play uh, with more intensity because he sees that you're feeding him on the offensive end. So um, want to see TCU basketball bounce back today. Both teams have a chance to do it. And defensively, they just got eaten alive by Austin Reeves and Brady Manick. Uh, so can you lock down better on this Providence team? You know, the first few games of the season against Tulsa and Liberty, especially in that tournament, they played really good defense. We're holding teams to under 40% shooting. Uh, want to get back to that today, and TCU men's basketball has a chance to do so. That game's going to be on ESPNU, so if you want to check that out, you can. Again, that's at 4 o'clock, so maybe try to get home from work a little bit early uh, this afternoon and check that out. And that leads into their Saturday game against Texas A&M, 
um, which is at 1 p.m. So a, a fun weekend coming up of TCU Athletics. Coming up next, I'll let you hear some of my uh, discussion with Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12. That's on the other side of the break. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <clears throat> Back on Locked on Horn Frogs, final segment on this Wednesday, uh, December 9th. Appreciate you tuning in today. Here's what I want to do. Uh, I was on Locked on Big 12, which is a podcast that's part of the Locked on family. Josh Neighbors does a really good job hosting that. And we were doing a power rankings episode, and he has TCU ranked fourth in the conference. Here's what he and I had to say about the Frogs earlier today. All right, let's get to the game that, uh, that you talked about in your podcast. So I've got I'll, – I'll just put them both here. Oklahoma State at five, TCU at four. So mm. TCU making a jump into the top five for the first time. And here's why. TCU, man, I mean, you and I talked earlier in the season and said, you know, we're talking about what the identity of a TCU football team is. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what it's not. It's not turning the ball over five times and winning. <laughs> but, but they did do that. And I think there is something to be said for that. Um, ironically enough, this is an Oklahoma State team that turned the ball over five times and almost won a game earlier this season. They now on the other end, they force five turnovers and can't win the game this time around. You know, this was this was a weird game, Stephen. I, I mean, mm-hmm. from from the early success Oklahoma State had to the fact that um, Max Duggan in the passing game, it's like feast or famine, right? I mean, yeah. it is it is all or nothing. It's either you know interception, uh, deep in completion, or maybe sometimes even short routing completions. Or, you know, it's a 55-yard, you know, catch. Um, it's like they, they you know, you kind of use the old adage, right, using the run to establish, you know, uh, play action. They use the run to establish play action deep passes, right? They, they <laughs> want to take – they use the run to establish the deep shot. What were your – you know, what are your kind of your takeaways? And um, this TCU team, uh, you know, I had some questions about Gary Patterson in, in the beginning of the season, but right now they're, they're on a roll, and like you said – Got a chance to go to uh, six and four. They won four of their last five. They're in a good spot. They are. And, yeah, such a weird year. I mean, you, you talked about Max, and the efficiency is not really there. I mean, what is a route tree? All you need is, is go routes <laughs> and, and fades, apparently. Um, but they were able to connect on some of those against Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, which is something they hadn't done the last few weeks. And, uh I mean, they've won some games where they've really run the ball like 40 times, almost like they're running like a wishbone offense. And, you know, they found ways to beat like Tech and uh, Kansas and Baylor that way. But the, the thing that you can count on is that the defense, once again, has gotten better as the year's gone on. And they really stepped up in a huge way against Oklahoma State, um, even with the five turnovers that happened. So they, they're on a roll right now. They're playing well. Um, I'm, I'm happy that the season has turned on a dime this way. I hope they can continue to finish strong. I think some fans are a little uneasy because I definitely feel like now Gary's going to look at the end of the season and say, well, we don't really need to change anything like on our offensive staff. Like they, they sort of figured this thing out and rallied after that one and three start. And I, I would argue there, there still needs to be some adjustments and some more creativity there, but it, it's hard to argue with the results and they keep finding ways to win um and they have just a stable of young running backs who are really exciting and I think freshman Zach Evans has sort of emerged um the last few weeks and and Max like he can be frustrating sometimes but he makes plays and he's tough and he's a competitor and he he finds ways to get the job done so 
some some exciting developments for TCU the last few weeks for sure. Yeah, the the key for Max Duggan next year is like, can you be more consistent? Right. It's going to be the question of can you, you know, not just go twelve for twenty six for you know, because you look at some of these numbers, right? Like he's twelve for twenty six this past week for two sixty five. The week before, he's mm-hmm. three for three for eleven for ninety six and three <laughs> touchdowns, which is just like the all time the all time yeah. weird quarterback box score, which is I mean kind of awesome. Um, he needs like you got to be throwing the you got to be completing more than fifty percent of your passes, right? I yes. mean you, you can't be hanging around. I guess this season he's at he's at sixty, but I uh, but like it doesn't feel like it, right? Like in, in these games we're talking about here, in a lot of these wins. He's hanging right around 50%. I mean, in the Texas Tech game, he's at 40, uh, 48. Baylor, 61. So that's a lot better. West Virginia game, 55. Uh, Kansas was, like we said, 27 this past week, 46. Just be more consistent with it, right? Like, give me more of those 61% type games, right? Let, let's, let's get more in that range more often. No, yeah, that is the key. You're, you're definitely right. And I'm, I'm still wondering, and I don't have any, like, inside information. There's been some rumblings about it. Nothing that I could say definitively, but you know they he they were pretty efficient against like Iowa State and Texas to start the year, mm-hmm. and it looked like they were sort of transitioning to more of that air raid system. And he thought, okay, Max has sort of figured it out, and then it just plummeted after that. So I don't know if like he has if he's banged up. I mean, he took a ton of hits early in the year. Like I wouldn't be shocked if at the end of the season they're like, yeah, he's been like dealing with a shoulder injury for the past six weeks or so. Um, but they went through a stretch and they finally sort of got out of it against Oklahoma state. But you, you talked about that just bizarre box score against Kansas. I mean, they went through like a four or five week stretch where they just weren't throwing the football. And I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was bizarre to watch. So that might be something to keep in mind too, but he has to be more consistent and they have to find um, more ability in the passing game because they have some exciting guys on the outside. It just hasn't come together. Uh, over four quarters yet yeah like a good tight end like what i mean like you know like those completion percentage numbers like the way it manifests itself is like you know being able to have a intermediate passing game right yeah not just having it be the deep shots and look i don't think this tcu offense at times it feels far away but in reality i actually don't think it is like i i do like i i completely echo what you're saying at the running back position they do have some young exciting guys I do think that they have to build the receiving core a bit, a bit more, right? Like mm-hmm. I think that's something I think we, you and I talked about earlier is, yeah, they're gonna have to, they're they need to kind of get a more all-around receiving core, um, you know, with guys who have different skill sets, much like much like Iowa State has right now. No, you you, you could definitely use someone in the slot who, yes. as you said, like has more of an intermediate passing game, can get first downs, can be a possession receiver. Um, they, they seem to have their dude on the outside in Quentin Johnson, who they're just going to throw 50-50 balls to, and, and they have some speed um, at different positions, but uh, they, they do need a more complete receiving core that, that complements each other better, and, and that'll be one of the, uh, one of the priorities in the offseason. That's Josh Neighbors and myself on the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Again, that's Locked On Big 12 if you want to check that out. He does a great job. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Horned Frogs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.